This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. The Cash 22 is if you want to be able to do really, really cool things in the future, if you want to make a million dollars or whatever, that's going to be completely dependent on what you're doing right, right now. now. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not doing it properly right now because you're thinking about that, you're just going to be in this circle jerk with yourself. Let's just go and see the world and just show them what it really means to live like golden. Yeah, we're golden, baby, we're golden. Yeah. Eugene, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you for having me on. I've been really excited about this. Um, I think we've been we've probably talked about it a few times on Insta, maybe over the last year or so. Um, yeah, yeah. There's been a little bit of back and forth, and just trying to make it all happen. Yeah, I'm glad we could finally do it. Oh, I mean, it's been hard. It hasn't been easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the you know obviously COVID and, and everything. It's 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 been hard to to do a lot of this, especially here in Melbourne. I don't know about you, but it's it's been um just navigating everything. You know, I mean, you, yours you, you've obviously got a, a beautiful space of yourself. Um, but navigating everything from from that perspective of, of of being able to catch up with people and and do things and like there's people that I would usually see reg- like even Benny, mm. you know um, I haven't seen Benny in in like he's he's moved up um right, up yeah, the coast yeah. now and it's yeah. kind of like you know me and him would catch up you know maybe once every two three four weeks and, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen him in forever um, but yeah it's been difficult to navigate yes yeah, weird I mean I um I because I had my space. At the very start of 2020, um, I went to my own little self-isolated bubble. Mm. Just stayed there. I was quite content mm. for the most part. I planned to keep me busy and um, that kept me going for the most part and just sort of living in my own little island. And then it was, we got out of lockdown for a bit. That was nice. And then what it started the year again, I, um, I, moved, I moved house. I got, I got a house and moved in there. Mm-hmm. And that's when the next lockdown came in. And same kind of deal, I just sort of very easily fell into a, a happy, <laughs> exi- not happy, but just content existence of, yeah, this is fine. And then just forgetting how the rest of the world actually works, which I think a lot of people can sort of resonate with, whether they had their own spaces or things keeping occupied. After a while, you just sort of learn to live with that mm. and um, just accept it mm. to a degree and just um, kind of forget how to um exist once it's over yeah i mean well. that, that's something for me as well like i'm a i'm an introvert you know um so like honestly man like i, I don't really struggle too much with that kind of stuff like like i mean being isolated you know like i, I but it's weird like because what i do notice is on the back end is that how my habits change and my communication and and you know coming back out in the world i actually had to ask myself to to go and do things you know, and, and change things, you know, uh, my behaviours, you know, like you know, going out more uh, and, and seeing people and, mm. you know, even family, like seeing family, you know, like because my mum lives up on the coast and like for so long it was just normal that we couldn't see each other, you know, and, and now it's like, you know, actually setting triggers. Okay, I need to, I need to start to try to get back to, to normality a little bit, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, yeah. Even like the gym, like I've struggled to, to reincorporate the gym back into my my world because I, I went I started running and stuff and, and I did a lot of that um you know when when because I didn't have a gym that I could go to um and and lost my I, I probably lost my love for for training in the gym a bit because the you know the, I was I was stuck with a couple of dumbbells and working out in, in a courtyard for sure <laughs> you know what I mean you know I think um a lot of people have that kind of similar um realization but I don't think it's like that you've lost love with it I think it's more you've 
sort of realize what it is that you actually care about. Yeah. Like it's helped to redefine what your actual values are because I think a lot of people, they started going to the gym whenever it was, five, ten years, even a couple of years ago um, for a goal or for a purpose um, or maybe it was from running from something and they never really resonated as to why they were doing it and then when it was taken away from them, they realized was I doing this because I actually loved it? Yeah. Was it doing it out of a habitual routine? Mm. Was it doing it just because it was something to keep me busy? Mm. Was it doing was I doing it for something else altogether? And I don't know, from what I've noticed the vast majority of the time, it's not because I actually love training. Yeah. Like I've met thousands upon thousands of people who are in the gym environment, who are trainers, who are coaches, who are athletes. And out of those thousands upon thousands, there are probably less than ten people I can think of who truly love training. That's so true. Love training yeah like for a lot for a long time it was it was everything to me but i think for me it was everything because i was running a business yeah you know like honestly like i I look at back at it now and i'm like i love learning Mm. and that was a big part of learning you know i had to learn you know obviously being a pt it was like well i'm my biggest test tummy you know what i mean like i can try different things and and i had to learn obviously through doing and and that's why i fell in love with it you know um, back then and, and more so I think I was I was in love with the learning uh, and then once I kind of got out of that environment I've kind of found the same love for business right and it was like okay now that absorbed me and and I would use you know I think for me it was like well, I still need to keep a, an optimal level of health mm-hmm. and that's kind of how I think of it now so it's like you know I'm, as I was saying I was in, I'm into boxing Right, and I just love this. You know, like I'm just absorbed by that at the moment. Learning the skill, yeah, and and you know, I'm working one on one with a coach, and I'm doing uh-huh. that about three times a week. And yeah, how long has it been? Well, so um, before COVID, I think I was doing it for two and a half months, three months, and then during COVID, I stopped for maybe a month, and then we started doing park sessions again. So I got back into it, and then since the last lockdown finished, you know, three times a week since then. So slowly getting back into it, building, you know, and, and properly like, you know, being in a ring and, mm. and these kind of things. But I'm at that stage now where I'm, I'm, I've actually got a base level of skill. Right. So now, now the learning really starts. It's the yeah. nuances that you get. So absolutely loving it. Like, yeah. and, and I think that's what I, I, I love the most, you know? Um, but it's, it's interesting. Cause like, you know, I'm trying to get a routine of going back to the gym and, you know, I've never done training for boxing before. You know what I mean? So, like, right. I've gone back in and I'm, I'm doing my normal workouts and I'm like, I know this is not helping me improve what right. I'm trying to do over here. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, I just find myself like, so, I'm, so I've put some, some, some things in place to, to change that. But, right. yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting times. I think it's where it'll be interesting. I think everyone on an individual level is, is probably going through something a little bit new right now and, and or, you know, refinding certain things and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely, sure. everyone sure. will be able to relate. Yeah. Um, awesome. So I, I want to talk to you. I, I don't know whether anyone, you've had these conversations maybe or, or been on podcasts before, but I, I'm really interested in your business journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched from afar and, and, and I'm talking, you know, like I remember... I reckon it was my second year as a PT. Right. And um, I remember watching you. I think, uh, I can't remember how I consumed your content back then. <laughs> it was because it was a while ago, right? I think it was probably, what, seven, eight years ago. But uh-huh. yeah, six years ago. But um, I've been lucky enough that I've been able to watch it, you know, and, and see the right. different business models and, you know, from, from um, you know, coaching 
And mm. then I, you know, I think I, I watched you. You went and travelled the world, and mm. you you had the muscle mechanics seminars um, and and workshops. Um, and then obviously coming back and and now then seeing Gambaru take off as well. Um, I think it's such an interesting journey. So I'd love for you to to kind of take us through that journey, um, and and we can kind of have conversations around that and and starting, you know back at the start and, and you know I mean there's going to be people here that obviously know you but there's also going to be some that don't so giving a bit of a, a background on yourself yeah okay um man this is one and back the clock by the way hey <laughs> that'll be one and back the clock for you yeah well I'm thinking like I mean I started um the only real job I've ever had as a personal trainer or, and that's that's all I am now people think oh you're a physio you're a doctor or you're a chiro or something no I'm just a personal trainer and that's been my whole life since I was in high school and um, I know from the outside um, you're in a different perspective because you've seen it from at least five if not slightly longer years so you've seen when I was still coaching working with people to how it's grown now but for a lot of people I think oh you must have you've either like some random influencer who just got really lucky and you were the first person to um, you got part of the first uh, what do they call that? Early adopters of social medias, yeah. um, or um, you've had some kind of elaborate business or marketing plan or anything like that. And I think, well, I really haven't. I've just um, just sort of lent into whatever I was interested in, or also for a big part of whatever the market was demanding. So, I was a personal trainer since um, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, working in commercial gyms, and I really enjoyed that. So I always keep that in the back of my mind. I'm like, hey. Whatever I'm doing now is just a bonus. It's just mm. great, fantastic. Um, but I, I loved, I still do love working with people whenever I can. And just through doing that, like one of the big questions I get is, hey, how do I become an online coach? Or how do I um, start working with people online? How do I start traveling or whatever? And I don't have necessarily a very good um business answer for that yeah, yeah, yeah where it should be like oh you've got to create this this funnel you've got to have this free offering which is going to attract a wide web of people you've got to funnel them into this first coaching 12-week plan then get them into that and you can make money from this pull that into this and like i don't give a shit about any of that stuff it's just i started doing online coaching or i started traveling or i started running workshops because um i had demand for it and i thought oh, wouldn't it be cool if I just did this? Like at the start of every single one of my big um, pivoting points in my career, whether it was going from online coaching into doing, or from personal training into a little bit of online consulting and coaching and going from that into a little bit of mentoring, going from that into a little bit of um, workshops, going from that into doing world tours and then creating an app, website, now this clothing label, it's always just come down from Asking myself, oh, wouldn't it be cool if? And then thinking, okay, let's just, why not just do that? Um, so it's been, what, um, however many years that has been of me just asking that question whenever I get pushed into that corner of saying, oh, I'm kind of at a wit's end of what to do next because mm-hmm. I'm personal training and I'm doing well at that and I've got demand for that at the gym. I can't service these people. Mm. I can't service the wait list of people so how can I help them it's like well I can maybe find ways to make my current clients more autonomous so they don't need to see me every single session they can see me every single week every single fortnight every single month mm. and then that looks all like online coaching 
Yeah, when they're coming in for just a, a, one, a once-off check-in. Mm. Does that check-in need to be in person anymore? Oh, no, I know them well enough to be able to do it all um, via some kind of consultation via video, maybe. Um, and that was what grew into online coaching. That was over the course of about you were, three or four I, I years. I reckon you might have been, like, were you, I mean, you were, I mean, there was obviously people doing it back then, but I, I remember, I actually think I remember, like, almost signing up. You know, like an almost an, sending yeah. you over the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I remember going, "Wow, like online coaching—that's pretty cool." Yeah. You know, and like, and and I, I honestly remember back then, and and you know, one thing that I mean, I can say, looking back at a lot and being able to see that your your journey from mm. an outsider's point of view is like, I look at you as someone who was really curious mm. and also didn't care what other people thought a lot of the time. Like you were willing to go out on a limb or you were willing to kind of try things and follow that curiosity, which I think is something that a lot of people struggle with. And especially now, like it's a different world. Like social media is a beast right now. Mm. Um, but that that's kind of like, you know, I, I always, and, you know, I was always amazed at, at how, you know, like I remember, I remember being amazed when you were traveling the world doing workshops and I was like, wow, like that's pretty cool. You know, so and, was I. And that, but that was like, you know, like you could probably count on your hand how many people were actually doing that. You know, like people were doing mm. workshops, but like maybe they do it around the US and, and, you know, people from the US might travel around the US, but people actually traveling, and maybe that's just my point of view, like maybe I didn't know many of those people back then, but mm. yeah, like I remember looking at that and going, because I think the other thing is like that's not an easy thing to do. Mm. Yeah, like a lot of people would look at that and go, that's so cool. I want to do that. And I mean, I've been pretty lucky that I've been able to see Jordan's experience, you know, and he's done the same thing. But what everyone doesn't see is how hard that is, you know, For like sure. traveling and, you know, the sacrifice that goes into that, um, <laughs> the, the sleeping patterns, the, you know, um, and, and keeping the routine and, and just how much sacrifice actually goes into something like that. Of course. I mean, same with anything is they people always see – the, the flashy whatever, whether it's um, traveling or it's having an online coaching business or having clothing label or having any, anything, people never see the, um, the, the other side to it, the work that goes into it, the anxieties, the planning, the whatever. And um, that can be for any profession. That can be for musicians. That can be for stand-up comedians, um, any kind of celebrity. It can be for watching a movie. Your favorite movie is coming. You go and see it in the, it in the cinemas. And you think, oh, it's so easy for The Rock to just be this big hulking dude on camera and be a badass. And when you really study something like acting, you realize how much goes into that, how mm. tough that actually is um, to be able to do that. Um, you just look, not even a big Hollywood star like that, but just like your average, not average, but just on TV. Mm. Um, even being a, a podcast host or being a radio talk show host or whatever, um, People are like, oh, it'd be re- wouldn't it be really nice if I could just have all these really cool guests on and do a podcast? And I'm like, well, it's actually really fucking hard <laughs> to be able to make um, a conversation flow. Like, if you, it's so second nature when you turn on the radio in the morning, it's the same here, the morning talk show host, and the guy is having a conversation. It's so easy, and I can do that. Why not? But it takes a lot of um, of work mm-hmm. to be able to get to that point. And even when they're at that point. Um, for a lot of them, there's still a lot of refining to that and um, making sure that it always just stays a very embellished and polished product. Um, so, I mean, yeah, pr- to bring it back, like with 
touring and um, running workshops, it's um, it's very much the same because I mean I didn't have, well, I still don't, I've never had a big anyone planning things out or doing it or marketing or selling or even like a travel agent helping to plan out what's the best hit list for all these locations. Um, so that was a fucking nightmare having mm. to tour manage, having to think about the content, having to think about sales, having to think about um, just talking to find locations with um, different gyms. Like that was um, that was a nightmare. I just jump on Google saying, "Okay, I've got some demand in Belgium. What are some gyms in Belgium? What are asking people who are, who are demanding from me? Hey, you guys are from Belgium. What gyms should I be going to? Is this suitable? I don't I don't know. Mm. How do I get to Belgium? I don't even know where Belgium is on a map." but I'll try to find a way to get there. Um, but it's, as I said, it's exciting. It's a new problem to solve. And that's all that I really focus on doing through every aspect of my business is like coming back to personal training into online coaching is I've got a problem of I have 200 people who want to work with me and I can only work with 10. How can I hopefully work with 50 or 100 people at least? And then what about the other 100 people? How can I, how can I help them? How can I solve their problems? And that's what creates workshops. That's what creates online coaching. That's what creates different models. Mm. How, how important do you think that that is, right? That skill, because you know, I mean, that's the question. Like, um, how how can I do X? You know, like, and I think that's because it, right. it sounds such like a simple principle, right? Mm. But it's really critical thinking, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, there's a guy I follow. Um, his name is Keith Cunningham, and and he's a business dude. He does all the business for Tony Robbins, all the presentations and stuff. But he's got a book called The Road Less Stupid, and it's like. He just simplifies everything right. to this point, and he's like, you know, it, it's like he's—they're not even business principles. It's like he calls it thinking time. It's like if you've got a problem, like he, and I think he gives you like five questions, and it's like, um, you know, number one is like find the unasked question. Number two is like, what's the second and third order consequences of the current decision? Um, you know, and then it's like uh, re rejig how you talk to yourself like so instead of saying i can't do this or i don't have this but okay how can i x with y or how could i achieve x by doing y or or something like that and it's like because you just ask yourself that question okay well i can only work with 10 people Mm. how do i work with 50 because i feel like that's a skill or it's you know maybe it's just the curiosity in you but but how important do you think that's been to that evolution that you've been on from online coaching to um, education to, to workshops to seminars to the app you know like how important do you think that's been to, to obviously all of that mm. um, in retrospect I see how important it is and I really respect it like wow that's something that is actually um, not a rare commodity um, but something that a lot of people overlook and people don't realize is very very important it's just having general problem-solving skills. Mm. That's, I mean, even if you don't give a shit about business, that's just what we are as humans. We're problem solvers, mm-hmm. okay? Whether or not you want to grow a humongous business or brand or if you just, you know, you're happy doing whatever it is you're doing. It's an everyday job. Um, at the core of any job, it's problem-solving, okay? You could be a receptionist. Your job isn't a receptionist. Your job is to solve reception, administrative-based problems. Mm-hmm. And I think whether through upbringing, um, probably, well, I guess most of it is through nurture more than anything else, a lot of people don't get taught how to lean into that skill or they feel like they um, don't deserve to put themselves into, into that arena to yeah. be solving that skill. I think, oh, like, it's not really up to me. 
to solve that problem. It's somebody else's arena or somebody else will solve it for me. I'll wait for someone else to do it first and then I'll follow in their footsteps and just do what they do kind of thing because mm-hmm. they don't really have the, um, the confidence to back themselves for it, to say, well, I'm the one who can solve this problem. Well, I'm the only one who can actually deal with this. And I did that. You know, There was um, many years ago, um, I nearly opened up a gym mm-hmm. and nothing like what I have now. It was going to be like a group fitness kind of gym, personal training, private studio. So you do one-on-one sessions, but you also do group sessions. And that would just be a good little model. Have some PTs work in there, a few members, and they've got different options available. Like, that's great. Um, And the big reason, I mean, there's several reasons why it failed, because it was a very bad partnership for one. But the biggest reason was that I was trying to circumvent backing myself. Like, I didn't want to back myself to solve my own problems. Mm -hmm. I went to this other person as a business partner because I wanted them to solve the problems. I didn't want to, to, to learn or I felt out of my depth trying to run a business, trying to do things like create systems for management and running employees and payments or whatever and all that admin stuff. Like, I don't care for that. This other guy, he's got all the systems worked out. He's got this proven model for running gyms. I'm just going to partner up with him and it'll be so much easier. Then I can learn from him, which is, you know, I still wanted to learn it, but I thought, why should I scratch around myself trying to learn it on my own when I can just let somebody else solve the problem. And it was that mentality that I brought to it that um, led to a lot of the demise for that. And that's why it didn't open up, which was obviously a very positive thing for me, not having it happen, because otherwise I'd probably be doing that and wouldn't be doing anything that I do now. Um, but yeah, it all came from just, I guess, learning. And that's why now I, I really respect the idea of identifying and solving your own problems more than anything else when it comes to um, anything in life, not just business. Like I think anything you learn in business should extend well beyond business. 100%. Uh, it's, I can look back at any partnership that I've been in and when I'm doing it, like exactly what you said, where I'm looking to have someone else solve the issue, my own issue, right? Like mm. this issue that I have that I'm not dealing with or you know, maybe I'm trying to... I, maybe it's not the right terminology, but skip the queue. You know, yeah, like I'm trying to sure. trying to get to here without having to do all this, right? And it's like you know, and and let's say here is this outcome that I believe is a uh, a thing that's going to make me happier or or something like that. You know, and that's the obviously the wrong perspective perspective because you know one thing that I've learned is that you know the partnerships that work the best are the ones where people are on they actually have an aligned vision and they're actually really passionate about this process, not because I go, oh, no, no, like that's going to solve my issues. Mm. That person or that thing outside of me is going to be the answer, you know, to, to, ev- to all my problems and life's just going to be perfect after that. Yeah, you know? sure. And it's just not the case ever. It's like usually that's when you know it's going to blow up. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um, it, it's interesting, like, you know, we, I've been pretty lucky to, that myself and John are working together and, it's seamless, you know, it's like we're both on a collective journey, you mm. know, and and, um, and we're really passionate about, about what we're doing, you know what I mean? And, and, and we're both really enjoying the process. Um, so that's why it works. It's I'm not sitting here and saying, I need, John, I need you to make absolutely everything successful. It's more mm. like, no, no, like I, I've got a big part in this, you've got a big part in this, but we're both not just relying on one other person. And, and that's the same with anyone that I've worked with. But previously, like, there's been times where I've worked with someone and that's not the case. Right. But I'm, like, hoping that that's the case. 
you know, and you can feel that inside of you, I reckon. I reckon at times you're like, I know this is not going well, um, but I'm still allowing this willful blindness to, to yeah. kind of, it, it's, you know, to continue on its path, you know, like I'm just ignoring this thing over here that, that kind of is keeping on and, and that keeps on happening. Um, and that's probably, you know, definitely a big lesson for myself is just, you know, you can't be willfully blind. If you've got an issue and you're trying to rely on someone else to solve it, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, for sure. It's it's a weird one because on, on one hand, um, like we talk a lot about like outsourcing, know your strengths and outsource what you're not good at. But there's a difference between, I guess, outsourcing um, when you know you're not good at something and saying to someone, hey, I need, I need an accountant, I need a bookkeeper because I'm not going to do those things too well. The difference between going to someone for that or I guess getting them to just solve the problem in a weird like you still have ownership over it It, for me it's a perspective thing right it's like i think it's like you know one thing that we'll both be able to kind of relate to here is like it's like coaching right you're coaching Mm. a client and we have all known when a client comes to you and they put all the onus on you right right and they're like yeah and and like in their mind it's like it's the coach i'm not with the right coach that's why i'm not getting the result and although in in a world or in some cases that actually might be the case it's the perspective of that, no, this is not equal. We, mm. we are not equal in this journey. It's all you. And if I fail, it's your fault. Right. Right? Because then I don't have to deal with that. You know, yeah. it's the same in business. It's like, you know, if you blame absolutely everything on the business partner or, or whatever, in reality, it's actually more of a reflection internally. And I think that's that self-awareness piece. It's like, you know, when you go into partnerships where you're like, yeah, cool, like this person's going to, they're going to be the rock they're going to be the savior and our all of our success is based on that one person really it's like well i'm just trying to deflect that situation so that i don't have to take ownership of whether or not this is successful or not yeah and that's that's like and and you know you can correlate that to any situation it's like that's how we work as humans like it's much easier to you know, that's why we get like fad diets and these kind of things mm. that take off. It's much easier to blame the diet I was on than to, you know, have that internal do- conversation with myself and, and just take ownership of it. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I've had that multiple times in business. Basically, anything that hasn't worked out for me is probably a reflection of that. You know what I mean? It's like right. I just haven't taken ownership of it. Right. So, Absolutely. 100%. Um, what, so... For yourself, like, is there is there a single moment, or not a single moment? Because I don't think I don't think there will be. But it's more like, is there? Where do you look back at and say, like, I'm like, is there moments where you're like, I'm so glad that I I made that decision. So maybe it was like touring, or maybe it was like to start your own app, or do you look at it more of as like a collective journey? So like, am I looking back on, let's say, there was a tour? I'm saying I'm so glad I did that. Yeah, more like like so so I mean. Obviously, achieving what you have, like, and, and, and you know, um, you, you'll probably be quite modest, right, in, in, uh, around it. But it's like, along that journey, is there a particular moment that you're like, wow, like, I'm so glad because that had such an impact on me um, just as a person, you know, and that helped me really progress? Um, or is it more like you just look back at the whole journey and like, wow, like, it's, it was, it, there wasn't really one moment? It's a tricky one. Um, I reflect a lot on... I guess there are those big pivotal moments where like where I was touring for so long, um, a lot of the people that I was meeting, the relationships I was just fostering with all these different people. 
Um, and there haven't been any like singular one thing, I guess, because it is part of that whole journey. Because I'll never take stock of it. Okay, that one event, that one day, it's a collection. Mm. Um, and it is something that's just very, very exciting to me to be able to. Because um, even now, like when I look at the fact that I don't travel anymore, you know, because of COVID, like that that cut off. I had another forty weeks of touring booked for last year. I had to stop all that. Um, I don't miss it in a way. Like I'd like to do it again. It'd be nice, great for sure. Like when when the world opens up again, I'll be going back on tour. Um, but I don't look at it and be like, oh, I just need to get back onto the road and start doing that again. It's like, okay, no, I'm grateful I've I've done that. It's been a lot of fun. And what else can I drop my energy into now? Um, I've never really been one to. I don't want to say sl- slow down because I do slow down. Take take my foot off the the gas a lot. But I never look back just to say, oh, wow, I've, I've done this. I've done that. Because I don't think you've ever done anything. You're always doing. Mm. Always, there's things. And even though like this, the, the past tour is now over, it's my life is not over. I'm still doing more with that. Yeah. I'm still going to leverage off that tour. I'm still going to, I don't like using that word leverage, but I'm still going to leverage and make the most of those relationships that I built back then yeah. with those people and all those times, those experiences. Um I don't know if that answers the question or not. <laughs> no, I, I, it does, it does. I mean, I, and, and I think like, because I mean, it, yeah, it, you don't, you never look back at one singular moment and just go, yeah, like that was it. But it was more like, I think like there's certain times, like, I mean, I, and I'll give an example. Like there's, it's crazy how things work, but it's like uh, with Jordan, right? So, right? so Jordan's a good friend of mine and has been, but, you know, we also did some things in business together and, and, and you know, like based on friendship, but... Um, I look back at that and I go, I'm so, like, so, uh, and I'll, I'll share the story, but I was travelling around the US just on holiday, but, you know, doing networking at the same time, trying to meet as many people as I can, and, and me and Jordan were just, like, messaging on Instagram prior, and I'm like, oh, hey, man, I'm, I'm in San Fran, do you want to catch up? Um, and I had no idea, like, where Jordan actually was in San Fran. I just like, I know he's in San Fran. Right. I'll just see if he wants to catch up because we'd been on a few, like, I think we had like a call maybe and, and been messaging a fair bit. And he's like, yeah, man, like come do a session. We'll, we'll do some training together and stuff like that. <laughs> and then like, I looked up where he was on my maps and it was like a three hour train ride. Right. right? And I'm like, fuck, okay. And then I like, you know, for me, I look back and I'm like, okay, like, I remember thinking, okay, like, should I actually go and do this? You know, mm. like, like, we've got to leave tomorrow like you know it's like it was just moving parts and I'm like no you know what like it's fucking cool like and he's and you know he's he's said yes and and like it'd be cool and so I got on the train no idea where I'm going like you know could have been a disaster in terms of getting off the right train stops and stuff like that and then like ended up going and training and like we just spent the day together just training cool conversations but then I'm like you know that spun into like a friendship that I think mm. for the next year we were probably on a call every week or something every second week. Right. Um, you know, you come out twice to Australia. We put on seminars and stuff like that. And it was just cool. Like, and it was like, you know, so like for me, I look back at, and, and I would assume like with yourself as well, like you've obviously built some amazing relationships and, mm. and uh, you know, through your travel, but through all the different pieces of work that you do, like is there... And and that probably is that collective that we're talking about, those collective of moments. Because that's not the only one, you know, like mm. there's there's many across the journey. Um, what do you think the lesson is, right, out of out of 
maybe this collection of moments? Like, what would your advice be to someone um, around experiences and potentially networking? Right. Um, I would look at it and, like, I've, I've, I've built up a lot of, like, same with Jordan, good relationship with him. Um, with a lot of industry people here, you might say, oh, it's all, it's all networking. And I never approached it with that mindset. Like I'd, I never liked seeing clients as prospects or leads. Mm. <laughs> like you, you don't start fitness first or commercial gym and I say, hey, these people are prospects. People <laughs> in the gym floor, they're leads. You know, here, yeah, here's yeah, your yeah. lead sheet. Go, go call these people up. I never saw it as that. I just saw it as people and not even people that I wanted to help per se, because there are some people on that lead sheet, some people on the gym floor, I did not want to help them. Yeah. I couldn't give two shits about most of them. Okay, that's just the reality. Like, I don't like every single person there is in, in existence. Mm-hmm. People out there are not going to like me as well. Yeah. Um, I really focused a lot over the past five or six years on getting very real to myself about what kind of people I like. Mm-hmm what kind of things I like, what kind of things I dislike, what kind of things I'm happy to forego and turn away from or things I'm neutral mm-hmm. towards as well. And anytime there was something that I liked or enjoyed, it was, that was it. Like as soon as I realized that um, I liked a certain person and this is not just like a relationship because it just be a business thing or whatever, I was like, I will do whatever I can to be around that, mm-hmm. to get more of that. Yeah, um, That's, I'm just going to, put everything I can in motion to make it happen. So it'd be a very similar thing to the Jordan situation where um, you just, if you like the guy or if you're interested in what he has to, to, um, to share with you, you'll find a way to make it happen and it won't be seen as like a chore. It won't be seen it's as a effort, work. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I, just, I just want to do this. I'm interested in doing this. Like mm-hmm. um, I remember growing up, um, I was reading a lot about um, uh, John Meadows. He yeah. was like a big guy who I looked up to in the bodybuilding industry. Um, not necessarily for his physique or not necessarily for how strong he was. Just like I just liked the way that he was just so interesting. There was stuff mm. that he talked about, the, the training techniques. So I reached out to him just via email saying, hey, like, I'd like to be able to just learn from you. What can we do? Um, and he was like, look, here's my, here's my, my day rate. It's going to cost you about 50K to bring me out to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was about, um, I would have been, I think, 21 or 22 years old. 50K, like, that's, that's, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money to anybody at any age. It's like, that's a, it's a big outlay for a guy I don't know. And I was like, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have any, I don't, I don't make that in a year. Um, but it's the only way I'm going to be able to get to meet you. I've got to find that money. Um, and it was just a matter of then saying, what do I need to do to set in motion to make it happen so I can yeah. hang out with you? And I know many people will look at it and be like, okay, he's a guy like John Meadows and how can I make money off this? How oh, can yeah. I make a workshop off this? How can I boost my name more in the industry? How can I become a promoter of shows? How can I create this whole model around, around him or whoever the other influencer or, or whatever coach may be? But for me, I was just like, no, I just really want to hang out with this guy. And as anybody would, there is a price associated with that. Um, how can I make this happen? What can I do? And that's what, that was like a big moment for me where I said, okay, I've got to start doing workshops. I've got to start creating a workshop, an event for him. So, um, and just work on selling that out and logistics behind that um, to, to make that happen. And so I think, I guess, the advice there for people is I think people have, have a really hard choice, in, have a hard um, time with choosing what they like, what they dislike 
and saying, okay, this thing that I like, if I truly like it, I better be willing to just run full bore at it and not care about anything else. <laughs> like people are like, oh yeah, I, 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 I like chocolate flavoured ice cream. Are you willing to fucking just go through and do whatever it takes to get chocolate ice cream or are you yeah. going to be happy with vanilla on the side? It's crazy, man. Like, you know, you're, you're 100% spot on. Like, because like, you know, not many people know this, but when I brought Jordan out, I didn't make a cent. Mm. I gave everything to him. Right. I just wanted to hang out with the dude. Yeah. You know, we had a good time when I hung out with him last time and it happened twice. Both times I did not make a single cent. Mm. And because I actually wanted him, like I'm like this, right. yeah, I wanted him to, 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 to make it worth it for him and I wanted him to have a great experience. And, you know, that was, I mean, you know, the previous, before that seminar for him, you know, I think he, the last time he came out to Australia, I think he was charging 20 bucks right. for a seminar. And yeah. I was like, man, you were way too smart and got too much value yeah. <laughs> to be doing that. And, and, you know, this was in the early days of pre-script and, and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And it was like, it's the same thing. Like, you know, we just, we would get an Airbnb. To, I live in Melbourne and I'm like, no, like we're getting, let, let's get a fucking Airbnb together. And we would just like coffee shop every morning for like five hours. And I'm just like, fuck man, I could do this every day. You know what I mean? And that was what actually motivated me to bring him down. But then it's like, I even think about what I'm doing now. Like, this is like, you know, I started podcasting. Mm. I fell in love with podcasting. I'm running a hundred, you know, like there is no brick wall that I'm not going to run through just to make this happen. You know what I mean? So I think it's, you're 100%, 100% spot on with that is like, I look at it this way is like, you know, I'm really enjoying this. So that's, you know, like you said, that's it. Like it's just, it's just I'm going to put everything into it because I'd rather spend... 100% of my time doing something I enjoy that may be difficult and it may be hard, but it doesn't feel like that, you know, mm. like, and it may take time, but I'm willing to do that because I enjoy it. Yeah. And that's the experience that I want. Sure. Well, I think people don't realize what, what the alternative is. Yeah. The alternative is you spend the same amount of effort, energy, time doing something that you're not that passionate or care about or love that much. Why would you do that? But it happens. I mean, how many people are stuck in relationships they don't, they don't enjoy for years on end? It's like, why, why are you still dating that person? Why are you in that relationship when you're not really passionate or enjoying it or connected with it or, or just in love in that, if it's a intimate kind of thing, why are you still there? But people go through the motions because to do anything else would be to have to make a choice of like, what is it that you really want? And people don't really understand that. They don't really understand what their values are. They don't understand what they really care about, what they like or dislike. And then I think they they choose the easy option of just staying um, because it's much easier than having to confront themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's the same principle we literally just talked about before. It's like the ownership. Right? Right. It's like, you know, because I, I, you know, when you make a decision, you have to own it. You know, like, like you know, when because there's consequences, right? And and I think I I don't know. Like, I'd be interested to hear what you think about this. But I, I, in my mind, I'm just it's ticking over at the moment. But it's more like the 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 difference between self love, and I know that's kind of a bit of a airy fairy word, but like, you know, it, it's like this notion of a good person. And the good person does everything for everybody else, but not themselves. And is that, you know, like that dynamic where it's like, you know, because that's, I think that's the difference, right? Is like, I, I, my, my, my whole thing, or like the way I look at and my perspective on, on life is, is that I need to, I need to really invest in myself 
And then that's when I can actually invest in other people. Because if I'm not doing the things that I enjoy, it's not sustainable to just worry about everybody else. But I feel like it's it's an easy option or it's a hard, like you said, it's a hard choice to make to go all in on the things that you really love and enjoy because of the obligation that you feel you need to be doing things for other people. Like I have to work a job that I hate mm. because I, I, you know, I have to put food on the table for my family. And although there is some truth to that, I still think that that's a choice that someone has to make. Yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? For sure. I think people are just very scared. Very scared, but also um, probably just unaware um, of the power that they have over, the, over their own their own life, their own destiny, mm. their own whatever it is. Um, and they just need to learn how to, um, you know, as you said, like, I guess back themselves, for lack of a better term. Um, I mean, most people are out there living other people's lives. They're not living their life. They're not living it on their terms. Mm. And why? For what? For what reason? Like it's there's there's a it's a very there's a there's a grey area though because people hear them like oh I should li- always live life on your terms, do what you want, and they take it to the hedonistic extreme. Mm. Oh fuck everybody else and just do whatever you want and tread on other people. Yeah. But then there comes the whole. Um, morals and compassion as well for other yeah. people and um, that needs to be weighed up into that as well um like i know plenty of people who go all in and back themselves but they're absolute dicks trample yeah they're just you know for a- sure. anyone who's in the way they'll do whatever they can to get ahead and it's like well on one hand like, hey admirable living life on your terms but you're an absolute twat with the way you're doing it because yeah. you have no compassion no morals and what kind of human being are you really but when you really look deep into that kind of person's personality, are they really doing it for themselves? And probably not. It looks on the outside, externally, oh yeah, they're doing whatever they can to get themselves ahead. But why are they trying to get themselves ahead? Are they really doing it for their own intrinsic motivation? Or are they doing it for the validation? Are they doing it to run from a void? Are they doing it for something else? And it's usually that. So it really comes full circle again. Um, whereas when somebody really is truly intrinsically motivated and aware of what um, they want and are accepting of that... Um, oftentimes you don't see the same unethical or amoral dilemmas arising where they're treading on other people to get ahead and things like that. It comes across a lot more genuine because it usually is a lot more genuine. Mm. It's the emotional intelligence piece, isn't it? It's, it's, it's literally a superpower. Yeah, for sure. Self-awareness as well. Um, I, I'm now interested, I mean, so, so um, now you're obviously working with Gambaru and, and uh, you've got your app and, and you know, your, your new apparel range. Um, I'm interested to hear kind of how you view things as a business, from a business perspective around, mm. um, you know, like some, I guess some core pillars, right? So we've talked a little bit about content and I think, you know, I look at what you do as, and, and I go, wow, you know, knowing what we do here and we probably do it, you know, once a week and, and then repurpose a lot of it and stuff like that. But I'm interested to kind of get a gauge of, uh, how you view things from a business perspective, and how you actually start to navigate the future, because I know that's something that you've you've been you've shown that you've been able to do it well. So, because I'm probably going to you know I'll talk about it and I'll be like this is business, and you'll probably come at it from a bit of a different direction, I think. But uh, what's your view on um, you know how do you navigate your own business and and you know um, uh, make decisions around what the next thing is that you're going to do? And and I don't know we mentioned a little bit of curiosity there, but Mm. Is that all you that you do, or do you kind of focus on trends? Is there like how do you navigate that space? Um, it's it really um, like if you look at some of the biggest moments through the development of Gambaru, like it first started 
2018, it was a website and it was a way for me to um, deliver all the content that I was giving in workshops, but online Mm -hmm. because there are many people out there who weren't able to attend events. And I didn't even film stuff just for the website. It was, I'm trying to think back now, I'd say maybe 90% of it, apart from an exercise library, which was a big library, but again, a small part of it, but 9% of the content on there was just me from my workshops. Mm -hmm. Like I would have a camera, I'd set it up and I'd be running a workshop on back training or glutes or whatever it was. I'd film that and chuck it on there and say, hey, this is the two-hour workshop from London 2018 when I was teaching about glutes. Mm -hmm. How about it? Um, And that's all it was. And... You can look at it from an outsider and say, oh, um, then you developed um, workouts on there because you were trying to attract that market or you were trying to, um, and then you brought it, you made an app because that was the trend was everyone was making apps at that point in time. And then you developed um, the, the nutrition side of it or whatever. And I was like, well, actually, again, it wasn't really like that. You can look at it like that, but it was more so, again, coming to the problems of, hey, people are enjoying this. Um, they're enjoying the, the theoretical the content side of it, but they don't have any application. They're going to come on there as a nerd saying, I want to nerd out and learn from you, Eugene, but they don't really have the hands-on, here's what a program looks like that employs the principles taught in this workshop. So it's it a very simple thing. Like if I did everything all over again, um, knowing what I know now, it would, would have been a very f- different first iteration as you know, hindsight 2020. Um, but... It was the same problem-solving mentality of, okay, what's the current problem? People are coming back to me with saying time and time again, hey, we love this, but I still need something to help me train under these principles. Yeah. Where's a template? Where's a program? I was like, oh, okay, maybe people would like to be able to see some kind of training from me. Um, so I started working on putting actual programs on there. And then it was like, well, we can't just put a program on there because of the way that I know that I used to work with people as a one-on-one coach in person or online, it was how can I give people the tools on how to make this more customizable? It can't be a customizable thing of like, I'm going to write you a custom program, but how can I give enough of a spread of content within the program and give people enough of the, of a, the ability to tweak and adjust things mm-hmm. um, to make it customizable in that way? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I'd go to a guy like Mark and say, hey, look, Mark, I want to give somebody a program. I want to put a program on my website. Should I just do an ebook? And that was our first thing. We were like, oh, let's just write ebooks. You know, let's just do a bunch of ebooks. You can do a strength ebook. You can do a power building ebook, a bodybuilding ebook, a rehab ebook, a knee ebook, whatever. I thought, great, we can do that. Put them on the website and that ticks that box. But then I was like, well, Mark, how are we going to help people customize these things and mod them? Like, what if somebody needs this exercise or that exercise? What if they need this kind of volume or whatever, or for this home gym instead of a, a um, or just traveling on the road with a mm. band instead of a full gym? What can we do here? And they're like, yeah, you know, an ebook isn't really going to cut it. Like an ebook will sell money. An ebook will make a lot of money. And that was like he was. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he was so against, but he was like apprehensive about putting programs out in an app because he was like, business spec doesn't make a lot of sense because yeah. you can't charge a lot for it compared to what you can make off ebooks. The 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 dollar value is not going to necessarily be there. And I was like, well, let's not let's forget about that. Let's, let's just focus on what what problems do we need to solve right now. And if we create ebooks, we're probably going to, probably going to create a lot more problems um, because, well, we're not solving the, the initial one of how do we service these people who want to apply the concepts that I'm teaching. Mm. And that's where, okay, now we have to just build out this app to be what we want it to be. Um, and that's 
the same mentality where we took to say, okay, how now we've got all the programs on there, we've got the workout tracker, we have the content. How can we, um, where are we falling short now? What's what's missing? And it was, what's what are people still demanding? What problems are not being solved? And that was where, an obvious one was people need some more nutrition advice, need some more nutrition help. And that's where we've just launched out the full nutrition not just calculate, that's already been there for about a year, but having some kind of tracker in there, like a MyFitnessPal, but not MyFitnessPal, our own MyFitnessPal, just to make it convenient for people. So mm-hmm. now, now, it's, now it's a one-stop shop for people. And with that, we started to realize, okay, now what we need to be able to start to do with this is the problem we're getting is people are now finding so much content on you, so much stuff on you, mm-hmm. how do I navigate it better? Okay, we need to actually redesign a lot of this stuff to make it such a simple to use user interface that holds somebody's hand through every single step from a complete beginner to a very advanced athlete they know what to do how to train how to eat everything and that took a complete revamp which is what we did literally last night we launched it all again yeah, Mark was telling me about it last week. Yeah, it's completely different to, to what it was. Like even I get confused using it from time to time because I'm just learning, relearning because I'm, I'm stuck on the old way of using it. And there will be a relearning process to it, but it's so much simpler and it makes so much more sense now because now there's not any problems for now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I can anticipate yeah. um, because everything is complete. Every question is answered. And the reason I can say that now for once is because... Um, it's been several years of us saying we've got so many problems. We've got to fix all these problems. And this was the last one of how do we not just give people nutrition content or nutrition tracking, but how do we actually make this more of a coaching platform? How do we take it away from me saying, here's a bunch of information, a bunch to follow, to now being, here is me actually essentially training you. Here's what it would be like to have a training experience with me without me actually training you. Um, this is the closest thing you're ever going to get. And beyond that, there's no more problems that are going to arise. Are they problems you identified or are they problems that you just listened to your community and, and you know, obviously allowed them to, to bring them to the surface and then, you know, you would have those conversations with Mark and, and look to get those solved? Yeah, it'd be a little bit of both. Um, I'd say probably the majority did come from the community. I'd say like, hey, Mark, a lot of people are asking for this or um, the reason why a lot of people... Um, aren't engaging as well with the app is they've come back to me and said this is missing or they're not sure where to go like saying there's too much information on there you know which you never think is an issue you think content's content the more the better put it on there but there comes a point where having too much stuff is harming your business because Mm -hmm. it starts to slow people down it starts to become a clunky thing that they don't know how to navigate more stuff isn't the answer it's usually going to be about refining it and making it more and more streamlined and that was a huge one that we always got from feedback was um, this app is incredible. There's so much stuff on there and I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. And I said, that's actually not a good thing. It sounds really cool. They're blown away by how much is on there. It's actually, and they wouldn't even tell me as, as negative. They were telling it to me as a positive thing. This is so overwhelmingly awesome. I was like, yeah, that's not good. I don't want that. I don't want overwhelmingly awesome. I want you to actually be able to use this. I want you to actually be able to stick with this for life and not just be like, not be blown away by the bells and whistles and give me a cool quick testimonial of saying hey, this is amazing screenshot that share it to social media it's what's actually going to create a relationship what's actually going to create a long-term customer um that's a very very different conversation yeah 100 percent. uh it's definitely like um you know creating the right utility like it's mm. it's all good and well to get 100 purchases right example but it's like if what's how many people are actually using the product you know, and and because mm. it's like that's 
that's like you know we we go through we we um recently shifted into courses like maybe the last 18 months and one of the things we focus on is like course completion rate right now yeah, like yeah. that is just like and you would see the same thing it's like you mm. know how much are we actually is, is getting watched on the platform you know mm. what i mean like how much of this is actually getting used and what i think once you start to enter the tech space you kind of start to realize that when people do become overwhelmed, that's probably when they shut off and stop using the product. Yeah, um, sure. You know, and, and that's something that we've just continuously looked to improve. Um, like, you know, that's, that's, that's our number one marker is like how many people are actually completing the course. And that sounds really like simple and it's like, yeah, but it's like most of the, you know, what you, what you can find is, and especially if you get caught up into the, the kind of real business mindset is like how many sales did we make? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, and kind of looking at it from that perspective. Um, this is probably going to go backwards a little bit, but I'm, I'm actually interested, you know, when you decided to create the HQ, so Gambaru Method, is that what you call it? Gambaru Method? HQ. HQ. Yeah, Gambaru Method is the, is the app, uh, yeah. And then you've got, so, but the HQ, so, so your thought patterns around that at that time, you, so you just come back from traveling mm. um, and you... Like what, what was, did you know that you were going to be building an app? Did you, were they around the same time? Like how did it work? I think on that. Yeah, so timeline was, I was traveling 2016 to 2019. Um, and the big thing through all through those four or five years was um, every single location that I was teaching in, no matter how good it was, it was lacking. Mm. And I'd be frustrated mm-hmm. for some, for some reason. I'd be like, oh, this machine is missing or there's um, too much noise in the background or the acoustics aren't right, so I can't, I've got to yell or they won't turn the music down because it's a public gym, there's too Mm. many members or it's too cramped. There's always at least one thing, if not several dozen things, where I'd come back home after workshop being like, man, I could have done so much better if I'd had that, Mm -hmm. if I had this. And I remember probably the first ever workshop proper workshop that I was doing, maybe 2015, um, for coaches. I was talking to my video guy after, he was a good friend of mine, and um, I remember just telling him, man, I'm so frustrated because um, I know, again, same thing, I, I know I could could have done it better if I'd done, if I had this piece of equipment or if I had this space. And back then, I was like, man, you should probably just look into getting your own space. And this is like from my first event, mm. five, six, seven years ago. And I was like, yeah, maybe. Um, so it's always been on my mind and it probably got to a point around, um, it was around through maybe the start of when I started doing international touring, um, cause I had to start saying no to a lot of places. I had to start saying no to a lot of places because I knew that it wasn't going to be suitable or else I knew that it was destroying me to say yes to places because I would lose my voice or get really sick, mm-hmm. um, because I was just. You were, so you were presenting it. a lot, weren't you? Yeah, it was um, It was probably four days out of seven each week and I was for like three, four years straight. It was, it was rough. I'd just finished reading two books. It was Scar Tissue, Anthony Kiedis and um, Kevin Hart's I Can't Make This Up. And both of them in two different lenses, they talk a lot about touring. They talk a lot about just um, being workhorses. And putting themselves out there and just like going to that place. Uh, it was really strange. I remember reading in Anthony Kiedis' book. I mean, he's relatively Peppers. You think that's the most, one of the most successful popular bands in the world ever. Um, before Californication came out, they still had a couple of incredible records. They were they're very mainstream at that point. They were struggling for money. 
<laughs> they, they were struggling. They had, they had to tour. They were forcing themselves to tour just to make ends meet. I thought, that's kind of fucking weird. Yeah. Here's one of the most successful bands in the world, and they're talking about having like not being able to afford to go on tour, not being able to afford to create Californication. Um, it was crazy. Um, so those things in me, I said, yeah, what excuse do I have for not touring? If the demand's there, I better put my ass online and just put myself out there and do it and do it. And mm. But yeah, it got to a point where after a few of doing it, I realized, okay, this is actually not sustainable because of the places I'm working in. And I'm leaving now where um, it's, not, it's no longer about just touring for the sake of touring. It's now about me wanting to create an exceptional experience. And how can I do that? And that was where I started saying, okay, this is now costing me money to not be able to do what I want to do. I need to now probably create my own space. And it was also about around content creation as well because... I was going to ask that. Yeah. I mean, ever since I first started filming stuff, I remember probably 2011 when I first started actually filming on my... It was a BlackBerry. <laughs> this is when BlackBerry was the last film on, on BlackBerry. Um, and like your iPhone, it can stand up, you know, neatly. It's sweet. The Blackberries don't because they're all curved and yeah, svelte. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends what kind of cover you have, I guess. I don't have a cover on my phone. It freaks everybody out. Um, but I remember, um, yeah, back then, the issues I'd always have was the same stuff. Too much noise, background music, other people. Got to be considerate of that. And I'm like, okay, this is now cost me money because I've tried to film I've tried to film at a local gym. I spent three hours doing that and I couldn't get the shot right. Mm-hmm. And people are like, Eugene, you're being too nitpicky. Okay, like, does the shot really matter? Like, yeah, the shot does matter. Getting it right does matter. People want quality. Whether they, people won't tell you they want quality, but they want quality. People yeah. want it. And subconsciously, like, oh, okay, this is actually filmed really well. This is very clear. I can hear things. I can see the lighting. I can whatever. It makes a big, big difference. Um, it's so like trying, you know, like, like imagine, imagine posting a photo on your, you know, your um, feed that's like an iPhone 3 or something. Right. It's like people know. Like, they, yeah. know, they don't say that they know, but they know. Yeah. Like, then, you know, it's, For sure. it's, it's 100% For sure. important. And I mean, even, even now, I mean, um, Instagram, they put out in their guidelines, like, we we would prefer you to have higher quality videos. <laughs> it's probably going to help you in terms of winning this, breaking this algorithm is if you actually have good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, YouTube was doing that a while ago when it came to like filming in 4K, uploading videos in 4K and when that was still like a, a new thing and they're rewarding that. Um, but even notwithstanding that, it was just like I was filming something. I'd get a video guy, I'd film some pieces, just for like 20 second pieces for Instagram. I remember once I... Um, I paid my uh, videographer and I paid a couple of grand for um, a day. We went out to a gym. And we filmed a bunch of 30-second clips that I'd be using for Instagram. Just Instagram posts. Hey, here's, a, here's me deadlifting. Mm-hmm. Hey, here is me doing a biceps curl. And at the end of it all, I wasn't happy with it. And I was like, wow, that just cost me two grand. For content that, you know what, it's, pr- it's probably suitable. It's probably fine. But the fact is, I am not happy with it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's not, that's... That's not on anymore. Whereas now, that still happens. I'll spend a whole day filming something and I'll get to the end. I'll get and I'm like, that's fucking shit. <laughs> and honestly, nine times out of 10, it's still incredible. It can go out and it will be fine. It will be a viral video. It will get me a lot of whatever engagements. Um, but I'm still just like, no, nah, don't do it. But the benefit is I can just go do it again. It's not an issue. Yeah, I can, exactly. I, I it's not, costing you, it's not yeah. costing you three grand and for a day to, no. to go redo it. No, I can just go at 1am and film it again. It's not an issue to me. There's, there's literally no limitation. And 
when I started to realize and really engage with that, I was now I've got no limitation. And that's when I, that was a big change in my perspective on how to create content and how to just run my business in general. It was just like, okay, there are no more limitations to anything you can do. You've got no excuse now. Mm. You can just do whatever you want and there is nothing holding you back. Um, and that was like a big um, mindset shift that pushed me to then really make the gym happen. Um, which was around, yeah, when I was still on tour, um, just struggling with filming content, I thought, hey, if I had my own space, it could be incredible. And then that just opened a lot of doors for difference. And that, that would have been that would have been around when uh, maybe like Instagram was really moving. You know what I mean? Like, um, was that a part of it? Like were you seeing like where the world was going like, wow, like because I know that you've always been doing content, but there's mm. a difference between doing content that you'd use for a membership site versus now this is now like a, a marketing channel. You know what I mean? Like, so, cause you said, you mentioned previously that you would record your workshops and then just upload them and, or, you know, you would kind of repurpose that content. But, but now it's like, you know, do we, was there a time when you're on tour and you're like, wow, this is really, this is really going to be a big part of the future. Um, and, and I'm probably going to need to, to, to find, you know, have my own space where I can right. make this work to the, you know, where I can make great content on a regular basis. Because that's the one thing that I would say, right, is that mm. the thing that this has changed for me is the consistency of the high-quality content. It allows me more to document. It makes content effortless because I don't feel like I'm having to create it. I just feel like it's a part of what I do now. And that's probably one thing, honestly, like I've never had a big following and I think it's because I never crossed that bridge. You know, like I always felt like, Oh, I had to go to a good life. I remember I used to mm. film in good lives and same thing, the music would be blaring, there's people walking around, the acoustics aren't good. Um, and it's like, you know, social media was such a big thing and it was, it's like one of these ever-evolving things that becomes a big part of your business. Right. Um, I never saw it like that. I never, I never, that never played into my mind. Like, oh, this is where the world's heading, or I've got to do this to be able to keep up, or whatever. Um, because, you know, the reality is, a lot of people can hear what we've just said and be like, oh man, Eugene just said that I can't, I shouldn't bother creating content unless yeah. it's good quality, or I, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be of his caliber if I want to be competitive. If I want to do what Eugene does, I've got to um, get my own HQ. Fuck, I guess not, not a reality for me. Um, but the big thing there is understanding where you're at in the life cycle, where you're at and what's relevant for you right now. Mm. Um, like now I have a niche. Now I have a, U- a USP, the unique selling proposition or whatever. I remember when I first started personal training, the first day I sat down with the personal training dude, whoever the manager, PTM, that's right, <laughs> PTM was. He said, okay, Eugene, What's your USP? You know, who do you, who, what, what can you, what, what kind of value can you bring to people? I thought to myself, I'm fucking 17 years old. <laughs> what can I bring? I can't bring shit. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know a thing. Yeah. Like, what do you think I can do? Like, I shouldn't be turning anybody away. Yeah. I shouldn't be trying to find a niche. I shouldn't be trying to do anything exceptional or incredible. I should just be the grunt worker taking what I can get and working and just seeing what I like, you know, and just playing with that. Mm. And, that's very different to what I say now as, you know, what, um, however many years it is later. And it's because we're at different points of the life cycle. And the same thing, like, as you go through different life cycles of your business, so will your level of content creation. So will your needs. 
10, 11 years ago, even five years ago, if you gave me the space I have now, I wouldn't have done much with it. It wouldn't have gelled. It wasn't the right time. Mm. It could have, again, trying to circumvent time, could have snapped my fingers and given me that space, could have won the lottery, had the space. It wouldn't have actually given me as much as it has now because there's a time and place for everything. So um, I think that's a very important thing to be getting real on. It's like, understand for yourself, where are you currently at? What do you really need? And maybe how can you extend yourself a little bit to push to that next level? Yeah. So it's not zero to 100. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, you know, two points at a time. Yeah. Um, and eventually you get to 100. Yeah. But yeah, I never really thought about it as, oh, I better think about this from an urgency of this is where the industry is going. This is what people are caring about more. I mean, if anything, the only time I've ever really thought about that a little bit has been TikTok recently. Um, and that's just because um, a couple of people told me, oh, you just got to get on. And I thought, yeah, I probably should. And that was that was it. I just saw how easy it is to... Um, to go viral on there or how easy it is to create engagement on there because right now the algorithms, because it's still a new business. They're just literally rewarding quality content. It's not sure. even network orientated. No, no, it's, not, it's none of that. I mean, that's yeah. how, it's how Instagram and Facebook were. They're, they're, it's Initially, all about, yeah. um, it is all just about trying to create awareness and they're just positive reinforcement. It's just very basic reinforcement schedule. Reinforce every positive behavior, but it won't be long until they start creating a variable reward schedule and start pulling it away from you every once in a while to make you get mm. addicted to it. Um, because that's, that's the next step. I mean, they've created addiction right now just through the very clever algorithm and constant context shifts from showing you different types of shit on your feet all the time that somehow goes <laughs> to what you care about. Yeah. But eventually, they, if not already, they're going to start playing with things like your engagement the way that Instagram does. You know, people think, oh, Instagram algorithms change. It's like they're doing it to make you more and more fucking addicted. Yeah, it's, that's so it's, true. It's, they've turned this into a slot machine now. Like you are, you are gambling every time you go on Instagram. You're not gambling away your money, but you're gambling away your time. And they're very good. And all these, yeah, all these different people are saying on social media, like, oh, here's how you hack the algorithm. It's like you're trying... What you're telling me is you're telling me how to go to Vegas and bet against the house and beat the house. The house will always win. Instagram's always going to win. That's so true. Because um, all they care about is engagement and keeping you on there and they will do whatever they can to make sure that happens. So I, I try to stay out of that. <laughs> I try to stay out of well, that. Well, I mean, you know, and I, I guess that's probably why you've been out. Like, because I look at it and, you know, from I, I go consistency. You know, one thing that I've started to find is like you just need to find a mechanism that allows you to be consistent. Whatever mm. that is, and for me, it's this. I know that I enjoy this. I enjoy, I enjoy talking to you. I don't enjoy posting on Instagram or posting right. on things, but I enjoy this mode so I can do more of this and, and I'd be happy to do more of this. And I think that's how do you find something that you can be consistent at? Um, mm. And previously, I probably just didn't have that. You know, like I just, I, I was probably, you know, like what you said, I, I honestly think maybe I was, I was probably doing it for the wrong reasons or I was looking at it the wrong way. I was trying to hack the algorithm. Yeah. Instead of just finding something that I enjoy and I can be consistent at and, you know, I'm not in a rush to, I can optimize over time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it, it really does come down to people. Um, um, th- there is a lot of fear associated with it. They mm. think they've got to do things a certain way. Like they think I've got to create content very, very specific for social media. I've got to make it look like it's got to be educational, got to be professional, got to be sleek, got to be clean, got to show my ass or whatever. And... Um, again, like those things might work. Like there's probably, there, there is a very good system that you can lay out to say how to be successful with your content creation or whatever. But again, it comes down to consistency. Mm. And the only thing you can ever be consistent at is being yourself. 
That's it. So the true. only way you can ever create content that you're going to be able to continually create for the rest of your life is if it is something that you would actually genuinely do and connect with yourself. I remember um, years ago, I was, um, I think I was listening to Tim Ferriss's podcast, and he had this guy on Tim Urban who has his own um, blog called Wait But Why. Really, really cool blog. And he was asking him all about um, how do you write? But this is a guy, like, he's. He, he's a blogger, online internet blogger. It doesn't sound like much, but his blog has been so successful that it got to the point where Elon Musk was like, hey, can you like write about me? Do you want to come out to SpaceX and just document me just for your blog? Like, that's a pretty good fucking blogger. Um, and so Tim Ferriss was asking Tim Urban, the blogger, like, hey, how do you, what's your writing, what's your, what's your content creation strategy? You know, how do you do what you do? And what it boiled down to was he was saying, um, there are 7 billion people on earth. Out of those 7 billion people, um, the odds are in your favor that there are going to be a large number of people who are going to be just like you. There's going to be, I don't know, a percent. Mm. But a percent of a billion or 7 billion is a shitload of people. Yeah. How many of those people do you really need as avid customers, as listeners or followers or whatever to be successful? That's probably plenty. Now, if you try to reach all 7 billion people, you're going to write or create content in a very specific tone, mm. which is going to please nobody. But if you write or create content in a way that pleases you, by default, it pleases that 1% of the 7 billion, which is probably more than enough to make you very successful at what you do and very engaging. Mm. And those people will be the raving fans. And they're going to tell their friends and family or whatever who are going to be less raving fans. They're not going to care about you as much. But that's how you create your different... Um, your, your your little community, I guess. Uh, but it just comes down to, are you really good at um, understanding for yourself what you like and all that kind of stuff? It's a self-awareness piece again, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of, and I think that's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's so true. Like, and I think mm. that's one thing, you know, if I look back at my journey, honestly, like the, the transition from me to like, like I could talk about business and I can talk about investing and I love that stuff. And it's like, you know the, the message I'm getting out of that is trying to create content for something that you don't you aren't actually that interested in mm. or you're not enjoying or it's not authentic to who you are and what you want to do is there's always going to be a point where you turn around and say uh, tomorrow you know, yeah or, or you know we'll get back on the horse next week or yeah yeah like it just didn't work for me or like you know TikTok wasn't my thing or like you know and and you know honestly I was probably there for a very long time. Uh, initially and I think it was because you know um, like that exact principle you know now I, I I genuinely anything that comes out on this podcast is something that I've probably studied for like 48 hours prior you know what I mean like it's something that I'm genuinely interested in and enjoying and indulging in already now we're just documenting it now we're just talking about it mm-hmm. and and if you're interested that's cool if you're not that's that's cool as well <laughs> yeah you know what I mean um and I think that's like, you know, I mean, from a content creation standpoint, like that, that, that would be a fundamental principle. Like yeah. that's what I'm getting out of the conversation anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, awesome. So what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into some quick fire questions. Um, okay. Now, so the way this works, everybody gets a little bit nervous around this one, but it's basically, I'm just going to ask you some questions and you don't, you don't have to rush through them or anything like that, but um, 
Well, that's yeah. not quick fire, is it? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like it was no because I had a guest. <laughs> I had a guest on, like, like I had um my stepfather, right? And he's not technological. He doesn't even understand podcasting. Like right. he's he's just like, oh, like what are we doing right now? Like, you know what I mean? Um, and I'm like to him, all right, so we're gonna do quick fire questions. And then like I asked him a question, and I think he spoke for like ten seconds, and then just stopped. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like. Uh, no, like I understand what you're trying to do, but you're allowed to talk more. Like you know, just right. let it flow. So, um, we're gonna run with that. Okay. Question number one: What advice do you have for someone who's looking to start a business? Ooh. Um. I would say it's actually to avoid a lot of what a lot of business coaches would advise. And like, don't go to business coaches when you're starting out a business. It sounds kind of counterintuitive because they're there to help you grow and foster a business. More than anything else, like what they're going to tell you is like, oh, you've got to get out there, put your face out there, get some leads or fake it till you make it, all that kind of stuff. And they'll tell you it's really excitable, buzzing, gets you really amped up, but they don't really lead anywhere. Um, the thing that you need to be clear on with business, and I think this is something that we've just been reiterating a lot, is just being... Um, connecting with yourself more than anything else and just accepting accepting your accepting yourself accepting your strengths accepting your weaknesses and accepting what you care about what you don't care about um, that will give you so much insight into um, how to run a business effectively um, for you like mm. it'll, it'll help develop your ideal business model for you as the introvert or whatever it may be um, whereas if you went to Gary V he was like man you gotta hustle got to be up late you got to just get, get get a get a weekend job and just make some more money it's like well that's not necessarily what you want to be doing you don't want to be getting out there putting your face in front of other people um i think like a really powerful book that i read was um quiet by susan kane mm-hmm. she talk, talks all about the power of introverts and where like we live in an extroverted world where the extroverts seem to be the ones who succeed the most so how are the introverts meant to be able to you know be successful at what they do and it's like well, well hang on Introverts actually have their own unique set of traits, unique mm-hmm. set of um, positive traits. I mean, not that we're negative people, but um, of things, of advantages they have over extroverted people. Mm-hmm. They have their own privileges that the world doesn't necessarily shed light on until she brought her book out. And that was very powerful. And I realized, okay, it's not about trying to fake it till you make it. It's not about trying to do what Gary Vee is doing or what other business coaches are doing because they're going to speak from, from their lens, what's yeah. helped them with their personality. Yeah. You know, Gary Vee's model is incredible for Gary Vee. Exactly. But most of us aren't Gary Vee. Most of us don't care the way that he does or have the same personality or the same... Um, we weren't put into the same time span that he was. So his methods may work for him when he was in growing up in business, but it's mm-hmm. a very different landscape now, which he, he also respects and he keeps up to date with that as well. Um, but it's most important is connecting with yourself and who you are and then saying, okay, where can I leverage my strengths and what are my weaknesses and going from there. That will create your business model. Not that I've ever had a business model, but if I did have one, that's how I <laughs> well, would create it. I think for me, the way I look at it is like it's curiosity, right? Like if you understand yourself and you connect with yourself like you're talking about, it's like you kind of know what you're curious about mm. and then you can follow that. And and following that is when, it, when it's 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 not effortless, but it's, it's, it's not hard, yeah? And it's like it's not about the grind. Like for me, like I, I wake up at 4.30 in the morning, but I wake up at 4.30 in the morning not because I want to grind – 
I do it because I like it and it's quiet. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like mm. it's it's really quiet. I genuinely that's my favorite time of the day because it's like I'm just alone and I'm like I can study and I can do these things. And I think that you can get a, there's a lot of those mixed messages that can come out of this kind of stuff and I think I always come back to I'm going to do what I'm curious about because it interests me and mm. then therefore yeah like I'm happy to work along you know a lot of hours or because I'm really enjoying it it doesn't feel like work right you know what I mean and I think like that's what it, I think once you once you do understand yourself and you spend time trying to understand yourself and 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 a lot of these kind of reflective behaviors can kind of help with that you can re- literally follow what you're curious about and you will a lot of these things that we're talking about these kind of you know like content creation it's like well content creation around something that you're really curious about can all of a sudden become fun and mm. and and that's you know that's that's what i'm finding that's just from personal experiences that if i follow what i'm curious about um you know <laughs> i can i can just i can go and go and and i'm and it doesn't feel like work to me for sure i mean if people are struggling with content creation probably because they're in the wrong field yeah. or they're looking at it from the wrong lens yeah as to how to create it 100 percent all right, so question number two. Okay, um, okay. so this is, <laughs> we just answered this question, so it was around social media, so we're going to cut that. Number three is, what advice would you give to your, young, your younger self? Mm. Um, it would be to just be patient. And not even just be patient, that's kind of like, the, yeah, it doesn't really mean much. Um but sometimes I'm like, things are going to come when they're meant to come. Things will come like you're trying to, a lot of what I was doing when I was younger was again trying to circumvent time and try to get ahead and try to find a quick fix or um, just level up quicker than I should, quicker than I should be. And um, there's a time place for everything. Instead of trying to think about the next step or where you want to push to and how can you get there faster, it should be where you're at right now and what are you missing out on by thinking about the future? How can you become more, I guess, present in that moment and enjoy what life has to offer in that current time? Because again, like I said at the start, we have always different life cycles of, say, business or life cycles of life. And um, I think part of the human condition is always what makes us unique as humans is that we have the ability to think ahead. Mm-hmm which is a cool thing, but it's also a very dangerous thing because it pulls us out from the appreciation. And when you couple that with this just life, this current world that we live in that's just so fueled by dopamine, it continues to push us down that um, path of just looking for what's next, what's more, what else can I do, how can I just get ahead? And we forget to, um, and we forget how to function in this, in this moment. And the cash 22 is if you want to be able to do really, really cool things in the future, if you want to make a million dollars or whatever, that's going to be completely dependent on what you're doing right, right now. now. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not doing it properly right now, because you're thinking about that, you're just going to be in this circle joke with yourself. It's so true. It's so true. Um, mm. I've actually been uh, microdosing magic mushrooms in the Fair last enough. six months, right? Um, Something you want to be publicly acknowledging on a podcast. Yeah, well, Kudos to you. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> it's an illegal <laughs> substance. Yeah, but it's more around, honestly, like um, it, it has helped me a lot with this, that kind of stuff. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's honestly has. And, oh, for sure. For sure it would. 
It would. Yeah, and it's 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 been something that um, has helped me a lot around even just my phone, man. Like mm-hmm. not not being as attached to it and and stuff like that. Um, you know, and and you're right, it, it is illegal. Um, <laughs> so I, I probably shouldn't be talking about it too much. But yeah, I think in general, like it's not even about that substance no. or anything like that. It's more just around the lesson that I would again, the advice I would give myself is focus on the now, focus on the people around you that you care about. And spend more time, you know, um, you know, indulging in that and 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 doing what you can there because it's 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 definitely been something that's helped me a lot. Absolutely. Um, not even just then, but you know, over the last three four years, definitely. Mm. Any time that I've had like big leaps and bounds, whether it's in just my my happiness or my life, or it's actually like a business monetary thing, it's been because I've spent a good amount of time in that, like appreciating what I had at the moment, and then mm. it was it gave me the power, gave me the energy the focus it gave me the ability to then create what i needed to create at the given time um yeah i need, i can't i can't even think what it was that pushed me towards doing that more but that's something that i've learned is just so something that's so fundamental 100 percent. awesome man um we're gonna wrap it up there okay um that was an amazing conversation a lot of insight i think it's i think it's cool because like um Talking about the journey and one thing that I got out of that is that, you know, um, <laughs> you're just a curious guy, right? And, and you, 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 that's what you chase, you know, and, that's, and, and not even chase it. That's just what you like to experience. You love to learn. And I think it's good because business, at, uh, you know, this is, we talk about business on this podcast, but the more guests we have on, and John will be able to talk about this as well, is like a lot of people are just curious and those that um, achieve things, if, you know, whatever that is, follow their, their, their curiosity. Um, and, well, I think it's, um, it's what all humans should be. And I think, unfortunately, a lot of the system, like, I think by nature, if humans weren't curious, if humans weren't adventurous, if humans weren't problem solvers, we'd have died out as a race. We mm. wouldn't be thriving as a race. The fact that we still do is because we can do those things. We have a frontal cortex that allows for all those kinds of things. So it actually is within every single person innately. But a lot of our modern day society has bashed it out of people. Their schooling environment has taught people that, no, you shouldn't be curious. No, you should be obedient. You should do what you're told. You should learn this. You should study that. You should become this as a doctor or become a lawyer or whatever it may be. And they get pushed down these things and they get told that the exam is all that matters. The year 12 is all that matters. And it's like, well, that's taking curiosity away. It's taking away autonomy. takes away problem-solving skills. So I think there's no reason why every single person can't unlearn that and learn to be curious and that's probably my biggest privilege is that I've I've had I've been able to nurture that over time mm. how, one last question sorry how, how what would what would your advice be to someone who may be struggling with that like what's what are some of the first steps that you think someone can take if they feel like they've been they've lost that sight of problem mm. solving or um what are the other things I said <laughs> curiosity yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, and thriving for learning, it is um, like those. Those are skills, problem-solving skills. Um, curiosity is also it's a skill. Like you need to to nourish it. So wherever you put your direction, point your focus towards, you're going to see more. You're going to grow more of it. It's a basic context shift. So when you first start learning something, it's going to feel clunky. It's going to feel weird. It's going to feel out of your comfort zone. But then over time, you get better and better and better at doing it. And then it becomes this self-fulfilling big snowball. Um, so if somebody is struggling and they feel like I'm not curious enough, um, they should just 
start asking themselves that in any situation, just a couple of layers, why? It could be anything. It could be, hey, you go, you're, you're boxing and your coach told you to do an uppercut this way, not that way. Like, I, don't know, I don't know nothing about boxing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. <laughs> but you shouldn't, you shouldn't be saying, okay, I'll do that because you're no more than me. You should be saying, why? Mm. Why should I do that? Mm. And it opens up a conversation for them, for them to then tell you, oh, we do it this way because it won't snap your wrist in half. You know, when you connect with their jaw, like, oh, that's, that's, that's good. Mm. Why is that important? So you can keep fighting. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if you don't, and then if they can't give you an answer, that's fine as well. It's cradle a question. It's cradle a thread for you to pull on. Mm-hmm. And then you've got to get comfortable pulling on that thread. And then you'll start to realize um, just through basic reinforcement that it's um, a good thing to ask these questions. And it's an enjoyable thing if you, if you like boxing or whatever. It's Pulling on enjoyable. the right thread was yeah. the thing I was going to say before. Like yeah. not just pulling a thread, but make sure it's the right one. Yeah. So, um, but it's just, it is just practicing doing those it, things, yeah. which sounds kind of counted or just kind of weird, but that's literally it. It's if you suck at problem solving, put the onus on yourself to try to solve the problem. Or, you know, if you want to ask a friend, go ahead, ask other people, find experts in your field, um, but don't be passive. Mm-hmm. Be active in that process of solving the problem so you can solve it yourself in the future. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll just become that over time. Awesome. That's a great answer. Um, we're going to wrap it up there. I want to say a massive thank you, man. Um, I really appreciate your time. Um, I know that everyone's going to love it. Um, yeah, Fantastic. Just the, pleasure. the wisdom that you, you bring to it. And I think it's, I think it's, it's quite refreshing, you know, um, a different perspective on, on business, you know, like mm-hmm. I think it, it really is. Um, and I think it will help a lot of people. So massive thank you to you. Um, thank you. What I'll get you to do is where can people find you? So um, Instagram, is the apparel just for the Gambaru community? No, is it's it, for anybody. It's anybody? Yeah. So yeah. is there a website for that? Um, yeah, so I would just probably tell people just just find, just search my name and, and you'll get yeah. caught into the honeypot somehow and you'll you'll find all everything else there is about me. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you'll find me on, start on the gram. social media. Start, yeah, on the gram. start on the Instagram. That's a very easy entry-level point and then whatever. Have a know. wander. Yeah, have a wander around. Cool. Awesome, man. Really appreciate your time. John, thanks for your time as well. Uh, appreciate your work. Um, for everyone who tuned in, thank you. Um, appreciate you guys as well. Really hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, so as we end today's podcast, uh, I wanted to say a massive thank you uh, to you. You've made it to the end, so you've tuned into the whole episode, which is something that we're extremely grateful for. Um, if you're new to the podcast, um, hitting the subscribe button is really, really important to us because it really helps us out a lot. The more subscribers we get, the more, um, you know, the, the bigger the community we build, the, the, the more that we can progress with our vision uh, and the more that we can start to expand and, and keep having, you know, these amazing conversations. Uh, so we're really thankful. Um, and one thing that we're also really thankful for, which, you know, has been a big driver for me personally with the podcast is just the messages that we get on the Instagram. I'm, I, I still go through the Instagram and, 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 and like to have conversations with people that uh, are engaging with us. Uh, it means so much and it's, it's great to hear the stories of people progressing and learning and, and how we're impacting you, the listener. Um, so that's something that we're really appreciative of. And I actually want to go through and and actually mention some people who we had some great conversations with on our social media um, and, and you know, for 
you know, these, these people reached out. So, um, Alicia Pyers, um, it was great chatting with you and I'm, I'm super appreciative for you reaching out, um, to the Instagram. Um, and, and it's great to, to hear your story and, and what's inspiring you and, and the changes that you're making. Uh, and also Jess Dinning. Jess was lucky enough to talk to you last week. Um, and that was really, really amazing. Um, and, and just the same thing goes the the conversations that we have with you guys, um, it's it's crazy um, the, how much of a, an impact it makes on us as 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 a as a company and and what we're striving to do. So um, a massive thank you to you two um, and everybody else who's reaching out and sharing and doing those things. Um, but the two things that you can do that will help us the most is make sure that you're subscribed and um, a big thanks to everyone who's leaving reviews as well because that shows people that this is a safe space for them to come and listen and learn and, and that's really the most important things to us. Really hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you next week. Yeah, we'll go, man.